Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Roto World Football Show. It is the divisional round, which means we have the Jacksonville Jaguars visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. We have the New York Giants, the Denny team of the Denny's, visiting the Philadelphia Eagles, the Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Buffalo Bills, and of course the Dallas Cowboys playing at Santa Clara, California, and a renewal of their ancient blood feud that no one born after 1993 will remember. But Denny and I, we remember. Crane, oh, you probably do you remember when Cowboys 49ers games were really big events in the nineties? Do you remember that? Uh I see that was like a little bit before when I was paying attention to football. I remember there was a lot of uh Cowboys and, and 49ers fans that suddenly cropped up right when I was like around yeah. fourth grade <laughs> yeah. or so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of really my memory. Well that for for a while it w- it was the Super Bowl. Uh, it didn't matter. Like it was a coronation. Like the, like once the Cowboys or the 49ers got into the Super Bowl, played the Chargers or the Bills or Washington. Ooh, Chargers not, game. Or not Washington, but you know, the uh, Broncos, you're like, okay, this is, this is not a, this is not, this is an exhibition. But yeah, I mean that though, those were, those were like the biggest games that I remember as a kid were Cowboys for even regular season games. It felt, it felt, it felt like a, like a heavyweight fight, like, uh, you know, you would actually pay to watch, you know? It really did. So Crane wasn't paying attention to football then. Uh, he apparently won't be paying attention to football and conference championship Sunday because you're apparently going to literally be in Indonesia. Uh, are you going to be That's able right. to watch these conference championship games? And can you really work for our website if you're <laughs> skipping the conference championship games? Uh, yeah, I yourself. have to dig deep into the fine print of my employment contract <laughs> to find that we do, in fact, have some paid time off. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 an army of lawyers to enforce this. But uh, Pat, <laughs> Pat was dragged kicking and screaming into the room. He wouldn't He wouldn't attend <laughs> the meeting. You may have also <laughs> cleared this vacation. Not that you needed to clear it like like 10 months ago you're like i might go to thailand i'm like yeah that's all right <laughs> yeah also i am not going to thailand but that's right, uh, that's right. sorry I, indonesia and vietnam i believe thailand. correct uh, that's correct we're, indonesia we're doxing you. um yeah well indonesia is pretty big so i feel like uh it's, it's okay <laughs> um i will be on a boat i will be on a boat that i do not believe has internet and i will be in the sea i will be in the oh. ocean uh at the time does that have internet there's no internet been. in the in the sea. You know the whole ocean's been wired now. It all has this fiber. <laughs> just, just go down. There's fiber optic cables. Yeah, it's can, uh, killing yeah. a lot of the fish. It's, so what are, what are you going to do it's, exactly? I'm scuba diving. I'm scuba diving, uh, like and, for like ten days. And you won't be on wow. your phone. Consec- like, do you come up for air? Hey, can you take your phone with you when you do that? They're waterproof now, right? Yeah, they're not. Uh, no, the pressure will will crack your screen. You get you got to be careful about that. Really. Um, 
yeah, so I'm going to be like kind of just completely out of the – I mean, I think we'll, we may have internet at some points, but it's going to be kind of – I think I'm basically going to save the game. I'm going to save the game for like a week and a half later. Wow. <laughs> and then come back and watch it. I, I will accidentally ruin it for you before then. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, well, I'll be very dependent on your recap pod that we were discussing. Because uh, I'm going to yeah. need all the details. That you were supposed to go on from Indonesia. And now you're claiming uh, I can't do that because <laughs> I'm going to be on a boat and not watching the game or not have internet. Um, I actually, have you guys ever watched an NFL? I've, I've actually watched an NFL playoff game from a boat where I was going snorkeling. Um, and I thought it was the Saints – uh, Vikings game a few years ago. I'm like, yeah, the Saints will win. And it was like the one ever good big game for Kirk Cousins. And then I felt like I was missing history when the Vikings beat the Saints on a boat. And if you must know, Hawaii. Um, yeah, I've been to you Hawaii. Al- you always feel, I have to say though, Let's, you always feel like you're missing history. You do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. really do. I yeah. missed the one well, that, good Kirk Cousins. You say that a lot. That wasn't uh, that wasn't Diggs' walk-off though, right? Because Diggs' walk-off was from Sam Bradford? If I yeah. No, Diggs' right. walk-off no. was from Case Keenum. Oh, that's, that's right. right. That's yeah. right. So, so you just watched a regular game. Kirk Cousins playoff game instead of like, it doesn't sound like it was a honeymoon, but like doing honeymoon level activities. And are you okay? Do I need to ask this? This sounds not good. It was a family moon. And uh, no, nah, I mean, I pulled up the end of my game. We were done snorkeling. You know, they were just like serving like pretzels or something. Like uh, I'm getting panic texts. Like Kirk Cousins might actually win a game. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Hold on. Like <laughs> This can't actually happen. I've <laughs> only been on one cruise uh my in my life and i was i the when i took it it was the beast mode i watched beast mode from or the yeah. um yeah the marshawn lynch run nice. i saw that on a cruise ship the, the i did Beastquake run beast quake beast quake yeah where was the cruise uh, we went to like the the caribbean went to various islands in the caribbean yeah, like Mo- mobile bay tupelo um uh yeah. st thomas uh, oh, okay. Uh, sorry, I thought yeah. you had a golf cruise. Um, yeah. uh, Kira, no, not Curacao. Uh, St. Martin. St. Martin, we went to. St. Martin, yeah. Uh, I'll let you guys know when I recognize any of these things. <laughs> Kyle will let you know when he's ever been on a boat or a plane. Um, I'll never. I'm still not on of age. Be clear, I'll never go on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Danny will never go on a boat. Well, maybe you will That's go a on a boat. strong stance for a guy, a Maryland guy. I mean, how do you get the crabs? <laughs> Denny, maybe you'll be able you to, don't have to. You don't have to go get them yourself. Go ahead, Matt. You, you might be able to, to afford a boat after you once again win hundreds of thousands of dollars betting on the New York Giants this weekend. Yeah, that's um, right. Again. 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 Because, of course, that happened to me last week. Exactly. I'm sure you placed a $10, $10 bet on that. And that's how betting works, right? If you bet $10 on an underdog, they just give you $100,000, right? I think that's um, how it does work. If I'm, works. Unless I'm mistaken. It depends on the tournament. It depends. I was gonna say it depends on the state too. Like some states have not legal in my state, so I don't know how any of that works. We'll get to the Giants and the Eagles in a minute, but we begin in Kansas City, where the Chiefs finally welcome themselves to the postseason with their fifth straight divisional round home game. Denny, that is all five years of the Patrick Mahomes era, and they have yet to lose any of their first four. I've also been informed though that Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on a Saturday. (laughs) Beyond that. What is the Jaguars' path to an upset here? Coming off a wild card win that yeah. defined the phrase "tale of two halves." I, I, I desperately want to say that there are two paths to Jacksonville pulling an upset here, and I and and the the one I, I want to say is you go toe to toe with with Mahomes and Kelsey, and and you and you just go all out, hurry up, move the ball as fast as possible, be aggressive downfield with your receivers and your tight end. 
But I just, I, I just don't see that panning out in the end because the Jacksonville defense is so vulnerable on the back end. Uh, I think you have to, I think the Jags have to make it ugly. And that would probably mean a lot of running. It would probably mean a lot of Travis at the end. Uh, the Chiefs are not exactly like stout against the run. Uh, they allow the 15th highest rush EPA. Like, you know, no, no one's like afraid to run against Kansas City, but, but hardly anyone is ever in position to do so. Uh, Kansas City does play, I, I believe, the second most too high safety coverage, which provides for some favorable mm-hmm. running situations, light, later boxes. So if if Doug Peterson wants to kind of muddy up this game, and I hate to say it, but establish it, Ooh. I think that that is probably the way to uh, slow down the Mahomes machine and give yourself some chance here. It, Denny, it sounds like kind of cliche to say that, but I mean, it really is just the tried and true way. It's really the only plausible way a lot of times to win these kind right. of games. And when, when the uh, the inferior team is is inferior for a reason, like you you have to make it a weird game, like the like the Dolphins last week. That they were making it a very weird game. They, like they that, kept that, it weird. They you know, kept the Buffalo weird in that one. That was a strange thing that was happening, and it was ugly. Right? It was a very ugly game. That was the only way Miami was going to be able to compete there. Anybody have any like counter counter thoughts on how this game might unfold, might develop? So, I mean, the Jaguars say the Chiefs go up fourteen to nothing in the first quarter. Can the Jaguars even keep up at all? Or Kyle, what were your thoughts on the game? There? Yeah, I was going to say like it. I think for some teams, like they don't have the option to score points, right? Like when you look at the the Skylar Thompson team, like it was going to really be a struggle for them to literally just put points on the board. They needed turnovers and they did get the turnovers and they still didn't win. Right. Right. They didn't, they didn't have like options to score points. The Jags at least have options. And I think they should not attempt to muddy up this game because really what that means is you're saying, we're going to try and score fewer points on offense, but lower the total. And I don't like that doesn't disincentivize the chiefs to score on their drives that like (laughs) the chiefs, if you say we're going to just lower the total drives in the game, but ours are going to suck more, the Chiefs aren't <laughs> going to suck anymore. They're just going to get fewer drives, but score just as many points on those drives. So maybe you inject some variance, but it's the cost of scoring fewer points almost by design, whereas they at least have a, a pretty good offense. Like Trevor Lawrence has been one of the stronger, not elite, but one of the stronger quarterbacks in EPA per play this year. We saw he can turn on the jets as he did in the second half of last week. And they, you know, they're like, they're not a team that cannot go out there. And I don't want to say go toe to toe with the chiefs, but they can try and score points and bring it to like a 60, 40. They're probably going to lose game, but I don't know if the way to, contend with the chiefs is to try and score fewer points by design. Yeah. You go crane. I kind of think it is just cause like you're, I I think the Jaguars defense is incredibly vulnerable to the pass. They rank 30th in DVOA against the pass. Uh, They rank behind the Falcons. They rank behind the Titans. They rank ahead of only the Raiders and the chargers. They're a bit they're better gonna, in EPA. Uh, they're like, I mean, they're they're below average, but they are better in EPA. They are better in EPA for sure. They're, they're better in EPA because they've played an incredibly soft mm-hmm. schedule. They've gotten the Jets, the Texans, and the Titans to close their season. The uh, the Chargers have struggled a lot this year, and, and we're putting up some points against them, and then and then stopped. But there's, I think the I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be just able to to sling it 
to sling it against these guys. So yeah. I would be I would be trying to limit his possessions. And I'm normally someone who's like, you know, don't be a coward, you know, unleash your offense. But I think that the Jaguars really do have an incentive to try to hide their defense, limit possessions to an extent, establish ETN, and they've played balanced all season. That's I think what they're going to try to do. Um, if they if that doesn't work, they they are in a in a pretty decent position because Lawrence is good and Lawrence has played well all year. And so if it comes to it, they can probably get into a shootout, but I think they probably have a better chance of, you know, betting on the ball to bounce weird a couple times on a couple chiefs possessions and make this a coin flip. Um, because, you know, in terms of who's better, I think the chiefs are much, much better. I think it might come down more on the Kyle side where I, First, you know, the Chiefs, they're going to have an amazing opening series scripted, as they always do. We all know, know all about the Andy Reid, like, rest narratives, all that narrative, because it is tr- I think the Chiefs will come out probably in very, very fine form and probably will have an early lead. And I, I just think we might not even see the pretense of a Jaguars running game this week, even though we might – you and Denny made compelling points, Pat, but you know, they had very ill-fated uh, – run-ins with establishing it against the Titans, especially in week 18, wasn't so much trying to establish it against the Chargers that got them behind. It was Trevor Lawrence throwing an <laughs> interception every fourth pass. But I, I mean, but that, I, I still think Titans in theory, thing, right? you got to muck it up. But I think, I think they're going to have to come out slinging it from basically the opening whistle. And I think that they will. I don't think they will. I, I mean, they tried to establish it against the Josh Dobbs Titans who are a right. massive pass funnel. That's yeah. philosophical. They don't do that unless you're philosophically. We learn their lesson. See, I, we, we talked about this at last week. So we don't have to, I, I think it's almost like the it's like situational in that, like, dude, you're playing Josh Dobbs because the first time they played uh, the Titans, they routed them through the air. That was the that was the big Evan Ingram game. That's why I'll never forget it. But uh, in the second time, once the team gets Josh Dobbs, like, I think it was wrong. I think you should just drop. Who cares who's the opposing quarterback? Drop forty, yeah. right? You can't but, keep up. It's actually but, more incentive to pass it, in my opinion. Right, yeah. I, I think it's too, but I think uh, a coach can logic his way into saying, like, we only need 20. Let's play low variance right. and score 20. I think he's wrong, right? But I think that that could have been the rationale. And there's, like, a framework in which it makes sense. I don't think it's the right framework, but I think you could argue it. So uh, I wanted to mention Jacksonville was 9% over their expected pass rate when these teams played in the regular season. But, you know, that I mean, that was um, negative game script. I, I know that. Uh, pass rate over expect doesn't work exactly like that, but they, they, they weren't, they weren't conservative in that game. Hopefully they won't be here, uh, but I do, I do agree with crane and in, in saying that Doug Peterson, I, I think wants to be super conservative. He just does. I mean, it's weird though, too. There's so many like layers because Doug Peterson, you know, an ex Andy Reed assistant, they're probably like, game theorying like the hell out of each other this week. He's probably, what will Andy do? Mm-hmm. And how do I need you to know what Andy's going to do? I would be shocked if they don't come out and just, Pass, pass, pass. They, yeah, it's cool. such a good matchup for them. See, what's the weather in Kansas City on Sunday? I actually don't know. I'm just going to filibuster until I have Kansas City weather on my phone because it's another big city in my state. Yeah. I mean, um, I figure just like how many, not how that many drives, how many drives can you limit the Chiefs to? And does cutting off a drive really make a difference for them? Whereas you're doing that at the expense of like, let's try and burn clock with first and 10 runs. Even Travis Etienne is very good. But like, this is a, I mean, Lawrence has been pretty good this year and we know passing is much more efficient and he's been incredible against man and the chiefs run a bit more man than league average so 
I think I think they may try and come out and and do the the let's try and muck it up strategy. I, d- I just don't think that's a winning strategy no. for teams that can put up points for teams that have Skylar Thompson. Show. I'm team Kyle. I'm team Kyle. Yeah, you're probably right. So the thing about the like the issue with going toe to toe with Mahomes is that if you are lose. right and they they're gonna they're gonna get absolutely crushed. Like See, I don't think they'll get crushed because I think Trevor Lawrence is very good. They'll lose, but I think okay. he can put up points. So in EPA per game, Trevor Lawrence has 4.8 EPA per game. Patrick Mahomes has 13.1 EPA per game. The gap between him going down to uh, Hertz, who's at two, is almost 4.7 points. He's almost a Trevor Lawrence better than the next best quarterback. Yeah. Like. Patrick Mahomes is gapping the field in terms of EPA this year. It's not just that he's efficient on a per play basis. It's that the entire offense runs through him and he's still the most efficient quarterback. It's a massive, massive advantage that the chiefs have going against the, this pass defense. I think, I mean, I would love it. I would love it if they go toe to toe with Mahomes because we are going to see fireworks. I just Mm -hmm. don't think they, I don't think they have the guts to do it and I get it. What if I blew your guys' mind and told you that according to the Apple Weather app, uh, there's a wintry mix symbol for Saturday in Kansas City? Um, I don't care if the wind's down. If there's, wind, <laughs> let me, if there's wind. Let me know if there's wind. We should have someone look into the weather. But speaking of the weather, if there was a poor weather game, Kyle, the running game would, of course, become more important. We just debated how important the running game might be in this game. We don't think it'll be very important for the Chiefs because it never is, but it could be getting shaken up after a pretty stable late season equilibrium. So Isaiah Pacheco as a primary earlier down back, Jarek McKinnon, like almost like Austin Ecklering as a pass catcher. Clyde Edwards, Elaire seems likely to be active for the first time since week 11. I got, I got bad news. Andy Reid said earlier today, he it's probably not going to be active. All right. Well, never mind uh, then. So he was designated to return earlier in the week, but they have three weeks basically up until the Super Bowl, assuming they go there to, to actually activate him or he'd land back on IR. So, but like you said, I was, I was going to say it doesn't really matter. It makes the backfield slightly less enticing, but like we want the pass catching roll out of the backfield because this team's, they're totally going to light up the Jags through the air for sure. So we weren't too interested when it's a committee. You could throw some DFS starts on Pacheco because they're, they're going to put up points. Maybe they get down to the two and Pacheco gets it in, but that's the extent of the argument for him. It's stronger now though, that it, it looks unlikely there's a Clyde Edris Hilaire risk. I should uh, read the website called Roto World. Um, you should sure. once in a while. I mean, not every day, but definitely <laughs> once. <laughs> on it's worth checking on. Rotoworld.gov. Crane, <laughs> is it happening with Kadarius Tony, who saw his role expanded ever so slightly down the stretch? He's going to be as healthy as he has been all year with two weeks rest. They need a second weapon. I, I guess unless you count Jarek McKinnon, they don't have a second weapon. Is it going to happen? Every year this happens in the playoffs. You know, someone kind of gets unleashed. Someone surprising kind of goes on a run. Can it be Kadarius Tony for the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always interesting to see, you know, who who the, the team is getting involved as, as the season closes. And, you know, with six routes, it is interesting to see Blake Bell out there. Uh, oh, sorry, Kadarius Tony. Uh, <laughs> they had the same, same number of routes, so I mixed them up. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like – Yikes. A, a third of the Wat- routes of Justin Watson, 18 yeah. routes for Watson, six for Tony. Noah Gray had 15 routes. Jerk McKinnon had 13 as a running back. Like it, he's a bit player right now. I, you could, I guess, project a huge increase, but I don't know like why you would do that. He's got a, a season. We high. project an, an increase. 
his season high is 17 routes with the with the Chiefs and actually in total. He never ran he ran 15 routes uh, at his peak in week two with the Giants. So I mean, I think you know, on a per route basis, he's highly efficient. Um, he's gonna look good anytime he's out there and touches the ball, but it's not gonna be a lot of times. Uh I think like as far as ancillary pieces go, like I, I think Justin Watson's just as good of a bet. Oh, he's gonna be out God. there running deep routes. Maybe he catches a touchdown. Like that's I think a, a similar it's a less fun bet, but it's a similar bet. That's yeah, right. they're like the opposite sides of the coin, right? Justin Watson is like one of the least efficient players on a per route basis. He is a wind sprinter. He sprints a lot. He is out there a lot. And his quarterback has a cannon. And Tony is the flip side of that coin where he gets the ball when he's out there. He, he'll probably be the best player on the field in any game this weekend who plays less than 20 snaps. Are any of you sick people playing Justin Watson and DFS on the two game slate? Oh, I mean, totally did. Right. If you're, if you're, uh, you know, trying to stack this game, you have to save some salary somewhere. I mean, Kelsey and Mahomes together are killer salary-wise. So, yeah. Are you playing Watson in any four-game slates? Please tell me. I can no. still be. T- yeah, sure, I can still be talking sure. about that. Yeah. Talk into it. Yeah. What is wrong with you people? Pat, Pat, you you don't. You there is no limit to to the weirdness that can happen in a. In For a me, there is. Play. It's a moral question. No. <laughs> At a certain point, it's not about money. It's about morals and ethics. You just, I mean, you. I, I last week I was I was legitimately excited to play T.Y. Hilton. I, I mean, I, I was I actually, remember. I was like buzzing. I was like, oh hell yeah, like T.Y. He's gonna he's gonna win me all the money. Like, Did I, he? I, even play? I don't remember them saying his name. Yeah, he played. He played. I he, I don't think much. He caught two balls for twenty three yards, and he just. Why do you know that? Did you know that? Why do you think he knows it? Because he jammed him. I, jammed I did too. But I don't know he's now penniless. Uh, two two <laughs> two of four targets. He got two of four targets for twenty three yards. He led the team in air yards. So there. The process. Wait, really? The process. We're going he back. Ran, he ran two dig routes. He ran yeah. one slant. Oh no, Kyle, yeah, we're, two we're, really good run blocking reps. We're going we're all the way back in. Let me tell oh, you. Oh hell yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Dear God. Hey Sky Moore practiced in full uh Wednesday and Thursday. Just oh, I can't <laughs> wait to watch him up Thank and yeah, What is going on with these Chiefs? I thought just mention CH it. Just mention be, it. I thought CH might be playing. I thought Tony might be ticketed for more snaps. Now you're telling me Sky Moore is a thing again. That I'm, sounds like you had hope. And Quite, you should yeah. not have. No, it's true. And hope is a very, very dangerous thing. <laughs> Denny, how do we prioritize Jaguars pass catchers in DFS? Where I feel like it's like on a weekly basis, we never know if Kirk's going to have the yards, Zay or Evan Ingram are going to have the yards. How do we prioritize these guys against the Chiefs in a game with a 53 total? Right. So I, I, I wrote this up. By the way, I meant to mention uh, the content. I, I wrote this up in my DFS piece that's on the website right now. If folks would like to check that out. Um, basically all the too high safety stuff that the chiefs play, it actually increases when they're leading by a significant margin. And that should leave a lot of really soft intermediate pockets for Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram to an extent, um, where, you know, you're not, you're probably not going to get the downfield shot. You're not, you're not going to get that long Zay, Zay Jones touchdown that you got last week somehow against uh, LA, but um, but I, I do think that a, like a negative game script for the Jags, like they had when these teams played in the regular season, uh, could be could end up being really good fantasy wise for especially Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk caught nine of, I believe, 11 targets when these teams played last week or last time, uh, including a touchdown. Uh, he was the most targeted, uh, led the team and expected uh, receiving fantasy points. So, uh, you know, Kirk would be my priority. 
but I think that you can mix it up with with all of these all of these guys as as run back options. And, and actually, you could do two two of these guys, two of Ingram, Jones, or, or Kirk, if you are going heavy on the Chiefs. I'm assuming the Chiefs will not be copying the Chargers' second half defensive game plan against the Jaguars. I would I that, would guess not. Yeah. That allowed them to just run absolutely wild, and for Trevor Lawrence to go 18 of 23. For 211 second up yards, I'm assuming we will not see that from the Chargers. Any final thoughts on this game, or is it time to move on? Time to move uh, on. Just as far as Ingram, I just want to mention uh, the Chiefs are sort of a middling matchup for tight ends. They allow 4.8 receptions per game, uh, 17th most. Uh, but, I mean, Ingram is running a route on 85% of the uh, team's dropbacks, and you know you don't you don't get that very much with, with a tight end. I actually think that it opens up the the – the potential for a two tight end lineup in, in tournaments where you throw in Ingram and, and Kelsey. All right, you heard it here. You heard it here first folks. And we'll be right back after this. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC sports predictor app, go download it. Now the contests are free and easy to play. And you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, the premier league and the divisional round, including a shot at $100,000 by guessing the outcome between the Jaguars and the chiefs. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Just as the Chiefs are finally arriving in the playoffs, the same is true of the Eagles, who survived a late-season Jalen Hurts injury-induced swoon to still earn the NFC's number one seed. They're hosting the Giants, who looked almost literally unstoppable against the Vikings' hapless defense in the wildcard round, Denny. We started with you last game, too, but we have to stick with you here. You guaranteed the Giants would win in round one. What would it take for the Giants to repeat the feat against an Eagles defense that is an order of magnitude greater as a challenge. Right. I mean, we talked about this on the Monday show. The whole drop back 35, 40 times thing probably doesn't work as well against a, a stellar Eagles secondary, whereas it worked very well against a Viking secondary that Man, is just I, I, so, so One bad. of the most pathetic defensive performances I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, really, like, true, truly. I, I had kind of forgotten how bad Minnesota was. Because no one ever voluntarily watches the Vikings or Kirk Cousins, but only for my job, really. <laughs> uh, and and uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't think we'll see that here. What I what I do think we we should see if this game, if they can keep it close, if the Giants can keep it close, or even maybe you know take a lead here, uh, is because first of all, the Giants' defense is going to be way more way healthier this week than they were when these teams met in the regular season for the one game where all the starters played his giant fans will not stop reminding I know. me. Hey, we were missing three hall of famers last time. I don't know. You heard. 
all right. I, mean, Tony I think Soprano. they're all right. So, it, you know, if they can keep it close, I think that we'll see a lot of rushing, a lot of design rushing attempts for Daniel Jones and a lot of Saquon Barkley together. Uh, Jones had 11 design rushes last week, season high. Um, I think that we could easily see that again uh, here. He has double-digit rushing attempts, uh, and I think in three of his past five games. So um, that that's great. That's amazing for his fantasy value. Uh, as for the you know the Giants' offense in total, I'm not interested really in the outside receivers. I'm way more. They interested. have outside receivers. I mean Hodgins and Slayton, mostly. I'm I'm way more interested in in uh, in Richie James specifically, and also uh bellinger who is, continues to run an amazing uh number of routes if he if he gets up like i've made this joke before 110 percent routes he could see <laughs> six targets here uh producer can we add in some canned laughter we have like, <laughs> that <laughs> right uh so yeah that, that's that's sort of how i how i see it now if this game spirals out of control daniel jones is going to have to drop back a ton against the secondary crane i saw you nodding in affirmation a lot the denny's breakdown you have anything to add yeah, I, I think that the Giants are definitely one of those teams that seems to be like game planning for their opponent in a sharp way. I think, you know, we had high expectations for Brian Dayball coming in as, you know, a, a really sharp offensive mind. The Giants did not go as pass heavy as maybe we thought they might this year because that's what we were used to with with Dayball with the Bills. But, you know, he doesn't have Josh Allen anymore. And they've they've been hiding Daniel Jones in a lot of spots, but it's a little bit similar to what the Lions have done where when they get a chance to kind of like press their advantage or, you know, set Daniel Jones up for success, they'll do it. And that, that was a situation last week. They're going against a really bad uh, Viking secondary. But here, yeah, I think they I think they could like totally flip. I think they could go super conservative. And they've been over the course of the season, they've been kind of a run first team. Um, and I think against the the Eagles, it makes a ton of sense to try to slow this game down, you know, limit how many tough spots you're putting Daniel Jones in, try to limit any mistakes that he's going to, he's going to create and also use his legs to Denny's point. So yeah, I think we're going to see a pretty different offensive game plan here out of the giants. Denny and I kind of talked to us about this on Tuesday too. I mean, maybe at this point they're planning to resign Daniel Jones, but there could be an element of, I made the Rocky joke. Like if he dies, he dies. Like they're going to run Daniel Jones and not be too worried about him taking hits. And like, cause there's probably not much of a path to them winning this game without Daniel Jones operating as a dual threat, which he did with, you know, pretty uh, shocking regularity this season. But I, I seen like no path to a giants upset does n- not involve a pretty healthy amount of 60, at least 60 to 70 yards of Daniel Jones rushing. But I think we're probably all in agreement on that. Correct. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's the path that and Saquon needs to have a big game. And I mean, another kind of team who's probably going to try to control the, the clock a little bit. And then also like, I think with the giants, you know, if you're kind of game planning from the Giants side, there's this unknown on the other side with Hertz of how aggressive are the Eagles really even going to be willing to be, because you might get like this kind of added bump to a run heavy game plan where the, the Eagles come out and are also run heavy which would be kind of incredible if you're the Giants. They beat the Packers that way. Like when teams go conservative against the Giants, it allows the Giants to do exactly what they want to do. And, you know, again, this is a situation where they should be pretty happy with the coin flip. Well, yeah, Pat, that's what I'm going to ask you about now, where it's been over a month since we've seen the real Eagles, basically, before Jalen Hurts got a shoulder injured. He, of course, played in week 18 against the same team that was starting Davis Webb. And the whole operation was pretty uninspiring. And it, 
a game where both teams just wanted to get in and get out, basically. So what do we expect their offensive approach to be? Because we don't know Jalen Hurts' true shoulder health status. It's hard to believe he's probably 100%, but they managed it about as well as possible to get him as close as possible to 100% for this game. What do we expect to see from the Eagles' offensive approach? Well, so one thing I've been noting this year with the Eagles is that if they can't protect Hurts all that well, it really changes their offensive approach. Um, the Giants rank ninth in quick pressures, uh, quick pressure rate this season. So that's uh, pressures within 2.5 seconds or less. They're getting to the quarterback pretty quickly. That's been the big weakness for the Eagles. It makes me a little bit less excited about their downfield passing game. And A.J. Brown has been the, the key to that. Plus, we have this uncertainty around Hurts' shoulder. Um, we also, that uncertainty would make you a little bit more nervous about how much Hurts runs the ball, which makes me feel like we might see some additional short game passing stuff. So maybe some more stuff to Devontae Smith, who's been used a lot more uh, on screens than A.J. Brown. Maybe some of that to Dallas Goddard, who's been – he's seen 24% of his targets on screens. Um, AJ Brown, just 5%, Devonte Smith at 14.4%. So you're seeing, uh, Brown, maybe not quite so involved when the team has to kind of like pivot to a little bit more of a conservative style of passing game, even though they're still pass first, I probably expect the Eagles to kind of live in that range this week. I don't think they'll go super run first. Um, my guess is that they'll probably be aware the giants may try to establish it against them. And they may need to kind of put up points to to force Daniel Jones dropbacks, but uh, I guess like my favorite my favorite version of the Eagles is the one that's chucking it downfield to AJ Brown. Yeah, I don't know we're getting yeah I don't think we're getting that one this week. I mean we certainly could, but I would I would say that the favorite is more kind of like more intermediate passing, a little bit more screens. Devontae Smith I think set up pretty well here. Yeah, that middle brow approach probably is I think the most likely prediction for sure because I know it's the divisional round, but I'm sure it's tempting for the Eagles to think like, like we're the heavy favorites in this game, you know, both in, like in Las Vegas and probably in their minds. Like we know that we have a talent advantage and almost every position group on the entire roster over this Giants team. It will probably be tempting to be fairly conservative, try to keep Jalen Hurts healthy heading into a possible NFC championship game. Uh, appearance and that they might not really cut him loose until like it's oh, close in the second I feel like half. that's such a dangerous formula it is and i mean i know they'll try to avoid that and the eagles have been really really good at like having intelligent game plans yeah. and like not playing scared but but i mean it is this human i'm sure it's in all the back of their minds like protect jalen hurts the shoulder for one more week ahead of the game that gets us to the super bowl i, I mean he wasn't on the injury report this week and and i know what you're saying i mean the the, the eagles messed around with the Giants' backups in Week 18, yeah, and yeah. I mean that that was a like that was a concerning performance. It was a I little more understandable because I mean I'm assuming that they could have turned it on to beat Davis uh, Webb, uh, maybe <laughs> hopefully. It wasn't great. I don't know. I feel I feel like uh, whew, I'm trying not to use the word momentum. I'm desperately <laughs> expired, but uh, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. By the way, Goddard. Good play here. Wrote him up in my in my piece. Uh, ten uh, those Giants allow ten and a half yards per catch to uh, tight ends. That's a top top two rate in the league. And and uh, Goddard's hyper efficient in every. I'm not going to quote 15 stats, but he just trust me, he's efficient. So <laughs> you get that. Kyle, I was going to ask you about the backfield layout in this game. Or the Eagles 
defensive vulnerability all year was on the ground. And we outlined the reasons the Giants might have a more conservative game plan and set up well for Saquon Barkley. So I guess the question is more, I mean, Miles Sanders season question mark, who had an extremely frustrating end of the season. Uh, What do we say about Miles Sanders in this game? I mean, you know who Miles Sanders is. They're, don't Boy, do me. I ever. And <laughs> do I plan on never knowing again? Yeah. I mean, like, I do think that if, and I, I totally agree that they could, I don't want to say, like, be looking past the Giants, but thinking about how do we string together wins, not just this week, but in a three-game stretch, right? That's the goal, that they could try and opt to also play this one, you know, in the trenches running as a, a long-term outlook, or at least a longer than one-week term. That'd be really good for Miles Sanders because he's not out there for all the routes. He's actually been running fewer routes than uh, Kenneth Gainwell over the past five weeks, just barely. But, uh, you know, he's just a guy between the tackles. Also, maybe if they're a little afraid of using Jalen Hurts as a runner because he was just dominant in the red zone. I mean, the, essentially the best season ever for a quarterback in terms of expected rushing volume in the red zone. Uh if that doesn't come back, that's maybe even more work for Miles Sanders in touchdown scoring well, opportunities. Yeah, and hey, at least there's not another two running backs mixing in at the goal line. <laughs> <laughs> and and guy, I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know if you've been on Twitter any time since, uh, you know, basically since we knew the Giants were going to play the Eagles. Boston Scott destroys the Giants. He has never not scored against the Giants. Boston <laughs> Scott has faced the Giants eight times and has a, at least a touchdown in every game. Wow. Ten what? total, ten total touchdowns. Yeah, I knew that it was crazy. I didn't know that he had scored in at least a touchdown, games. and he has like a three touchdown game against them, which is where the other two come from. Wow, it's, uh, it's analytics. There's something uh, very uh, personal going on there, either between Boston Scott and the Giants, or like Nick Sirianni. Like, yo, we're getting Scott as tutter. You better. Yeah, <laughs> and um, the thing is, Boston Scott saw like nine carries last week, and it was not garbage time. He was out there like on the Eagles non-kneel down final drive getting carries and Hurts was out there too so I wouldn't read into that too much it's a one game sample uh and like we said maybe in that respect they were also taking their foot off the gas with their backfield touches but like it is like the the level of committee which we are seeing here is concerning for a team that we're not sure how potent relative to what they are were seven weeks ago a, a bit ago we're not sure how potent they are relative to that team it's also not like a one-game sample of stuff happening that's not good for Miles Sanders. Like we <laughs> yeah, kind of, we're going on several five to six games. Yeah, here. like the Kenneth Gainwell um, four straight carries from inside the twenty, ending in a Gardner Minshew quarterback sneak against the <laughs> How Cowboys. Is that a real sentence? Why? It's just so rough. It's so rough for a two-down like that. No passing value. Yeah, fantasy back. It's just you, you can't have that. Just, the one. We, you go, Danny. The one thing Miles Sanders will have going for him, DFS-wise, is very low roster ship compared to. That's what I was going to say. And I think now, since Jalen Hurts missed the final month of the season, he does lead the team uh, and lead the backfield by a wide margin in red zone work. He doesn't see all of it. Like, he's not Saquon from that perspective. That perspective, But yeah. he could, you know, you could see him stumbling into two touchdowns. And if he does that, he'll be for the sure. guy you need. But I like, mean, if, yeah, he still has upside. If this was yeah. a if this was a twelve game slate, no. we wouldn't be talking no. about this. no, no. But in a short slate, I mean, if you don't have at least one play that makes you want to dry heave, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, 
with Miles Sanders too. Denny's never been more comfortable in his life. Yeah, and that's that's where <laughs> Denny is most at home when he's dry heaving. He's <laughs> just gleefully dry heaving at his computer. <laughs> well, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that <Yeah>. felt good. <laughs> and I'm going to deposit several hundred dollars on hand built lineups playing this guy. Surprise! Um, <laughs> we know they're going to go. They're going to come out run run heavy and conservative. The Eagles. Then Miles Sanders is losing a fumble inside the 30 yard line. It's basically already cannon. It's happening. (laughs) If you guys were in a boomer points only league that goes through the playoffs, hypothetically. (laughs) Oh my God. You still, this league is still going on. Hold on. Hold on. Would you you play Jarek McKinnon or Miles Sanders? Oh, why Jarek McKinnon? Yeah, I play McKinnon. You said you said touchdown only, right? It's or not sport. touchdown only. It's, yard, it's long distance scoring. scoring. It's yardage bonuses. Wait, um, why wouldn't you play McKinnon? I'm, am I missing something? What's he that? has no shot at 100 yards from scrimmage. Oh. Is that part, we don't know what the scoring rules is. Does that matter? Yeah, does he need 100 rushing yards or 100 receiving? Yards 100, combined, 100 combined. 100 combined. 100 combined. Oh, he could get. <laughs> I like how you're dismissed. I don't know if he's ever got. Has McKinnon had 100 yards from scrimmage all season? I don't think so. Uh, definitely, 100. percent Wait, what? Yeah, he, he must have. have. Well, let's look. Like two thirty point. Let's games. find out real quick. Let's see what the computer says, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, he did twice. <laughs> well, it's only twice, though. It's got to be twice over the past, like, eight yeah, weeks, fine. though, right? What, how many did st- Sanders do it? Three or four times? Yeah, you know, maybe. I don't know. Probably never. Um, he did it every week. I didn't play him. I'll tell you upside, that. I think. That's what I was going to say. Regardless of this dumb yards from scrimmage, it's not a yard thing. Uh, that continues in the playoffs, and I think you said it'll play. You have to pick Shrine Bowl players, you and do. then yeah. a yeah, seven do. on yeah. seven. Eric Froton is funneling me information on that. <laughs> uh, touchdown upside. Jarek McKinnon. He plays for the Chiefs, and he's the running back who catches the passes, which in that case is good for touchdowns. Yeah, I think I'm going Tuddy chasing with Jarek McKinnon over Miles Sanders. We've been talking on this game for a really long time. Just I'll open it to the floor. I mean, who who are the pass catching plays you really like in DFS on either side in this game? We'll start with you, Denny, since you have the article on it. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to consider Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I'm <at his. laughs> sorry. We're not even talking about that game anymore. Um, Giants Eagles. Yeah, we're talking Giants Eagles. Look, honestly, when I'm watching, I'm talking about Eagles. that game so long that we reverted. Yeah, we went backwards sorry. in the. When I'm watching Giant Eagles, I'm still be thinking about Travis Kelsey, right? right? As much as you think you want me to stay, like play Daniel Bellinger in my in my thought bubbles, Travis. Kelsey. Right. So yeah, I mean, I mentioned Richie James. Uh, the uh, the Eagles have struggled against the slide. Not 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 so much struggled as. Teams just don't want to go outside. Don't they? Don't want to throw it to the the, the boundaries against those uh, cornerbacks in the Philadelphia secondary. So they funnel stuff inside. And Richie James is, is has a really good route rate going over the past like six or seven weeks. Uh, you know, last and <clears throat> here's the best thing DFS wise. He's coming off a down game, and Isaiah Hodgins is coming off a great game. And I, I think that naturally, sort of the roster ship will funnel toward Hodgins, maybe even Slayton. And maybe get away, get off of James a little bit. And uh, James is, as as Pat Doherty would say, a PPR scam, like a living, breathing, breathing PPR scam. The FBI I'm, is closing in. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all about it this week. Uh, all right, we can move on from this game. Uh, we I think we I think we put that one to bed. And a rematch of the game that did not happen in Week 17. The Bills host the Bengals as rather robust five and a half point home favorites. Neither team looked all that impressive in the wild card around. 
but they survived and advanced Patrick Crane. We'll begin with the Bills. Have Josh Allen's turnovers become a genuine concern for this offense, or is this kind of just the price of doing Allen business? And he's on an unusually unlucky interception streak, you know, as he tries to compensate for the, the lack of a backfield running game or the lack of maybe legitimate receivers behind Stefan Diggs. Or the lack of his receivers not tossing the ball up into the air yeah, for the defenders too. to have. Um, I, 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 there's a cottage industry now of excusing every single Josh Allen turnover. Uh, what about the strip sack fumble six, huh? Well, we Which receiver with- knocked that one in the air? This cottage industry started with uh, the Dak Prescott excuses, and uh, that went pretty well. So <laughs> we're feeling well. okay and about. I have to say, Kyle, you were on it. You were on the excuse train yep. for Dak, and you were right. I know, I know. But you I, know what's funny is there's going to be like, like, oh yeah, Dak's interceptions don't count. Oh yeah, Josh Allen's interceptions don't count. And then there's someone in the back like, yeah, Zach Wilson's interceptions they don't count. <laughs> like, uh, but if yeah, Crane, as you were, I think you're going to start a loop. It does feel a little bit like the Patrick Mahomes interception streak from 2021 to me, where it's just a really, really good player who can do things other players can't. Being kind of unlucky, but yeah, what do we think about this this continuing turnover binge from Josh Allen? Yeah, I think it's a mix of that, and it's maybe a mix of some of the stuff we're seeing from Trevor Lawrence, where it's like there's some mess ups. You know, he's been throwing, he's thrown some interceptions uh, in the end zone in the red zone. Um, and he's done that through kind of throughout the season, Josh Allen. And that's, that's definitely a concern, you know, but he ranks third in success rate this year. Patrick Mahomes ranks first. Dak Prescott actually ranks second, which again goes to the kind of, you know, these probably overblown interception concern with both players. And then Allen's third Lawrence is actually fourth. It's not that, you know, this so success rates, the percentage of plays that you're producing a positive EPA. So it's going to basically heavily downweight big explosive plays and negative plays like interceptions. Allen gives you some of both. If he was just kind of like a, a dink and dunk guy who was giving you backbreaking interceptions along the way, that would be a problem. <laughs> but but we know he's going to be able to deliver huge, huge plays for you as well. So I don't think it's like a major concern. It's definitely like if you're trying to think through how they lose this game, I think that's part of the equation. And one of the most likely ways is that he tosses a really ill-timed interception or two. um, And that's certainly very plausible. But, I mean, he's also one of the most deadly quarterbacks in the league. I don't think anything's changed in that. To me, it's a concern not from like a Josh Allen perspective, just from a Bill's offensive perspective as a whole like this is happening some of it is bad Allen decisions but it's just he's forced to be the hero so often now because we see they're giving legitimate snaps to John Brown and Cole Beasley and Shakir and like they just the running game has never developed basically and it's just so much on one man's shoulders but uh, if you're going to do it for anyone he is quite capable and one, I mean, one of these games he's going to have a turnover free game and they're going to score like 48 points Yeah, and um, I don't know maybe it won't be Against the Cincinnati. But anyone have anything to add about the Josh Allen outlook that Crane just laid out? I just feel like there's just like no scenario in which Josh Allen fails. I, you know, like yeah, he, he came dangerously close against the Dolphins. Ter- well, I just mean for fantasy or DFS. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no he, he throws picks, <laughs> throws ter- terrible picks, lazy looking picks, fumbles the ball, and all this stuff. And he still has 28, 30 fantasy points. I, it's, a, it's like he's just so hard to fade because uh, it's hard to concoct a story in your head where he doesn't get there. 
Yeah, he will not. He will not fail in fantasy. That is very, very certain. Um, you heard it here first. Literally, no way. Josh Allen has a bad DFS day <laughs> in the divisional round. Uh, challenge accepted. Kyle, you have become our offensive line guy. On the other side of the ball, the Cincinnati Bengals left tackle Jonah Williams is sidelined with a dislocated kneecap. He is sidelined, right? I'm not making. This I don't up. think he's technically been ruled out as of today, but all the beats are like, yep, yeah, he's not playing. He's not going to play. How big are Joe Pur- Burrow's protection concerns in this contest, and what are the implications? Because he's not – are they down three starters again? Yeah, yeah, Lyle Collins went out a few weeks ago at this point. He wasn't having particularly good – He was having a horrible year. Lyle yeah, I, I don't want to pile on him too much. He's hurt. But uh, it wasn't a great season. But from a continuity perspective, like their backups aren't going to be good. It's depth uh, you don't have. Yeah, it's depth you don't have. Like the reason he was starting, maybe it's a little bit of his contract, but part of the reason he's starting is you assume he's better than the backups. And more important, or at least as importantly, given that he's probably at least this season been as good slash bad as the backups. It's just continuity. And we're going to see that not only uh, Collins from a few weeks ago, like you said, Jonah Williams, right guard, Alex Kappa, and they are... Like you said, they didn't have a great offensive line this year that should tell you something about the backups, and it's it's going to be rough, right? At left tackle, it looks like we're going to get Jackson Carmen, who was a guard, a rookie guard last never year. never played tackle before. Yeah, yeah and yeah. he has been inactive almost every game this year. Like, they're not – they weren't even bringing him as a backup. He will be – it looks like starting at left tackle – and then they're kicking out Hakeem Adeniji to right tackle. You may remember Hakeem Adeniji as playing right guard in the Super Bowl last year and getting tossed around by Aaron Donald. Difficult matchup, but it's this is a problem. And it is a problem for a team that can't really afford it, given how much Joe Burrow walks into pressures. Like, obviously, some of it is on him, but we don't want to present him with more opportunities to to hurt his team with these sacks. So he's going to be given ample chances to do what has been his Achilles heel. It is a, a very bad time for this team to have these specific injuries. Mm. He, he needs to get hit just to feel alive. And they're going to be, he does take a lot of sacks. He does. He took fewer down the stretch. He was still, I think it took at least he two did. each of the final three weeks of the season, but he took like genuinely fewer sacks the final third of the season we saw that the issues immediately reappeared. Jonah Williams is not some like star left tackled, but the issues got immediately worse against the Ravens the second he went out of that game. And their passing attack was pretty discombobulated against the Ravens. And to me, are we worried? Are we going to still get – I mean, the, the total is 48 and a half. You could argue that's low for these two offensive superpowers. Are we worried at all about the Bengals not holding up their end of the shootout bargain in DFS? Yeah, I actually, I actually do. Yeah, I have concerns about this environment in general. Uh, I think the the Bengals' offensive line situation, um, the Bengals, you know, solid defense, both rush defense and pass defense, and their like willingness to play a lot of two high safeties against Josh Allen and make him check down and have long drives. I I don't know. I I think that this is a, sort of a trap environment. It seems good, Bengals. Bills, you know, Josh Allen and, and, and Joe Burrow going head to head. But I um, I think it could be a little lower scoring than, than we think. There could be some minor weather concerns where it seems like it's going to be snowing a little bit during the game. It's actually above freezing, like 33, 34 degrees. It does not appear windy. It doesn't really seem like the kind of precipitation that's going to affect the playing conditions. I guess something to keep an eye on. It is Buffalo. Uh, the weather could change. This group discussion now on DFS, I mean, we know like the priorities are, of course, the good players 
on a two game slate, a uh, four game slate, but especially yeah. on a two game slate. Who are some of like the sicko plays? As we know, everyone is in play. Let, let's hear your favorite sicko plays, guys, for Bengals versus Broncos or <laughs> Bengals <laughs> versus uh, Bills. Who do we who do we have as a, Dang, well, you've always got something truly? I, I don't mind same. I don't mind the Bengals like shorter A dot guys if right. they do. I think an easy way to mitigate, maybe it isn't like the best game plan, but an obvious one to mitigate what will be a high pressure environment for Burrow would be to just continue to attempt to take layups. And all the guys are like good to some degree at yards after the catch. It's just a measure of like where they are getting their targets. And for Boyd and Hurst, that will be like short drop-off type of stuff. Even true of Joe Mixon, though like Jamar Chase also he, like he, he plays like a running back sometimes. God, he's they use so, him on screens too. Yeah, so Jamar Chase so. is always going to be involved. No I think I think the on. one that would concern me would be like T Higgins. He is more of the guys they have. Clearly the most like downfield specific threat. Uh, so the the line concerns would have me moving away from him, and and not as much like Crane said as Chase, who he he's more of a truly can win in any scenario. I think, yeah, if you're stacking Burrow, I think you're going, you you, you got to go Chase because he gets a lot of the short area stuff when they have to do that. Uh, so Chase and Boyd or Chase and Hurst. I think that that's, that's the way to go. I, I don't really have any sicko plays for Buffalo. I mean, it feels pretty concentrated. I, really? I guess you're not going to, I thought you'd be coming here like Cole Beasley. Well, well McKenzie's going to be back this, this well, time. That, thank God. Thank God. But M- McKenzie, McKenzie's back. Right. And, and so it's, what is that? Three way yeah. split now in the slot. Like that's because Shakir's involved too. I mean, and Shakir mm-hmm. looked pretty good. Oh, was he ever he involved last week? Yeah. Shakir had a ton of air yards. I, I think he's second most on the team. Hey, yeah. James. He 24.5 ADOT deep downfield. Yeah, cool. uh, like Gabe is like, Gabe's like, get out of here, man. Like, it's, yeah. my, it's my turf. <laughs> it's my turf. That's like the yeah. only thing I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to get out of here, man. But he, Shakir, 79% of his routes from the slot. So the McKenzie stuff is is going to come come for his routes, unfortunately. Any James Cook love this weekend or did not really materialize against the Miami Dolphins? Seemed like maybe he could be a playoff X factor. And then just the whole backfield did nothing against the Dolphins. Any, any James Cook love? Tough spot for, you know, running back wise. I wrote, I wrote about Singletary and Cook, like what to do with them. I guess my conclusion was it's such an ugly matchup that the Bills would probably just have to have hugely positive game script to even consider establishing either of these guys against Cincinnati. Uh, I don't, I think that's a pretty thin bet. So I, I'm, I, I'm having a hard time getting excited about James Cook, is what I'm saying. What about if we want to get gross, uh, Samaji Piran, who had mm. 20 routes to Joe Mixon's 10. That's a good, yes. We're checking down. We're Yikes. checking down. We are checking down. Yes, that, that's actually a great a great play. I'm all in. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good He's running three times as many routes as Kadarius Tony. I mean, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me run the test. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. yeah, we're good on Piran. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have goosebumps a little bit. Like it, uh-huh. it really, it was a, it was semi real. So uh, I'm playing them. My favorite twenty rounds. That's, that's more than three times, Pat. That's Do the math. Well, how many rounds did you say? I thought you said it was like seven. <laughs> <laughs> he had six rounds. Oh my god! And uh, he had twenty. So that's oh my gosh. By the way, my fake dry heave hurt my throat really bad. Yeah, I mean, you, you know what you do? You go, you go too hard when you fake when you fake throw up or whatever. Trying to sell it. Trying I've seen you do. It. I've seen you do this. I don't even know how many times we did it at the Super Bowl last year <laughs> yeah, when we I fake do. threw up. You got a problem, me. man? I do do and, it a lot. And uh, yeah, but it's just, it's it can be subtle. <laughs> you know that sort of thing. It's it's not, not, no one's buying that. It doesn't no have to be a scream. 
Yeah, you, don't have sim- to, you can make the sound effect without doing it. I actually did it, and now I feel a little queasy. So The Super Bowl, I remember I found a trash can prop, and then I <laughs> fake threw up. Yeah, um, but actually, I remember thinking that you were actually going to get into the trash can. I should have. <laughs> I would have really sold the bit. I would have really, really sold the bit, and I'm all about selling the bit. I'm all about continuing the show when we return right after this. Download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. In a game that's brought the 90s back, the 49ers host arch-rival Dallas as four-point home favorites in Santa Clara. The sides are coming off what were the most convincing wildcard performances of any team Kyle, we sort of talked about this last Sunday night when you, me, and Pat got together, but how convinced are we that Brock Purdy can keep this going? I know we were convinced about where we were not – excuse me. I know we were concerned about some of his throws against the Seattle Seahawks last weekend, despite yet another pristine box score. I'm fairly convinced that he can keep doing what he's doing. It's just about like trying to describe what he has done, which to me is what most of the 49ers quarterbacks have done is execute a good scheme. And it shows up in, in his EPA versus EPOE, which is just very nerd way of trying to describe what we're seeing, which is that uh, he's 20th in, in CPOE. He, isn't particularly accurate relative to the the depth of field he's trying to throw to, and or, now or he has, relative to the eye test. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, like they're kind of saying the same thing uh, in a way. You know, we we can both agree that a twenty eight dot throw or one of those long balls is easier to complete than a screen. So, but he's second in EPA per play, second in the NFL in EPA per drop back. He flipped Jimmy in both of those stats as well. He's he's like, better than Jimmy. I hate to say he's better yeah, than Jimmy. I don't have a strong take. I kind of think he is, but we've seen eight games from him, give, give or take. So I don't want to be too he's confident. more enjoyable than Jimmy. I Definitely less less soul destroying. The his ability to improvise yeah. uh, makes him instantly better than, than Jimmy. He, you know, that, that almost touchdown that he had where he scrambled, he, he hit Ayuk in the back of the end zone and, and he dropped it. That Jimmy Garoppolo would never even try that. Never. Jimmy like, Garoppolo like, throws that one directly into a linebacker's hands. Linebacker's or even just a check down touchdown to CMC where he like scrambled around and then like he knew where CMC yes. was going to be like composure. Like, like okay, yes, he's a he's a product of the Shanahan system, but not as much as Jimmy Garoppolo, not even close. Yeah, and I will say he's been pretty solid under pressure on a like we're talking about a limited sample of eight games. You are not pressured as often in those eight games, so it is a very limited sample. I don't want to read too much into it, 
but he's been pretty good under pressure. And obviously we know this scheme really does well in creating yards after the catch. And the Cowboys have allowed the fourth most yards after the catch per completion, despite having like roughly a league average ADOT of passes thrown against them. So really like adjusting for where the passes are coming at. They do give up a lot of yards after the catch. They are a really strong defense, but that's one of their vulnerabilities if they have any. And it's the perfect vulnerability for this offense. So like as much as, Sure, I, I think any quarterback, and especially a rookie quarterback, could just really go out and drop a dud against the best pass rush in the NFL and just one of the best overall defenses. He He's still got a pretty good chance at executing what he's done so far in this upcoming game. Yeah, Brock Purdy's just on the stage accepting the Lombardi from Roger Goodell and Fox's Kevin Burkhart. And as I mutter under my breath, he'll get exposed next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the shoe's going to drop next week. Just you wait. Uh, the book's out on him. I have to say this idea that Trey Lance is just going to come back and get his job back. That's not happening. I think it will. I, I think Kyle Shanahan's a big sunk cost fallacy guy. I think it will. <laughs> no, is, just, but so, is he because he doesn't like every running back he's ever drafted in the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth yeah, round always man. plays behind a six or seven. That's true. Round. He's actually uh, not. Cause yeah, amazingly immediately compelling, directly contradictory <laughs> evidence. Yeah. We're looking into this strong EP. He's and don't I mean, don't even get it started on the receivers who he immediately moves on from like, um, even if Dante Pettis. He moved on from Brandon Ayuk for half a season, even though he was good. Yeah. Yeah. He he was serious about that. I do think he got it together, but no, I I I think uh I think there's a good chance that Trey Lance never plays another snap for the Niners. I actually don't agree. I think he will be the starter. I do too. But I mean, guys, like, let's see how it finishes. (laughs) If they win the Super Bowl, he's never playing for him again. So if real quick, yeah. blown out by the Cowboys, then we're seeing. I guess if he wins the Super Bowl, maybe they can't go back to Trey Lance. They can't. No, no way. Uh, I, I think even won. if he gets to the Super Bowl, there is a very strong argument. Like how many yeah, like how I many agree. first team reps do you think he took up until week 10? Like maybe he zero. got like some zero. after like <laughs> like was Jimmy ever dealing with an ankle injury before he got? Wait, what's like, your argument? You, you, you think he, if he's had he's, like, he's just wrong. had no he's preparation. He's got upside beyond this. Yeah, Purdy is the like oh, okay. the least prepared starting quarterback in the NFL. It's like him and Skylar Thompson, right? Are the the guys who our expectations should be drastically, drastically low for. And if he makes the Super Bowl, he'll be like. It's very nice of you about Skylar. <laughs> I'm saying like I don't want to put uh, you know Patrick Mahomes' expectations on Skylar Thompson in his second career start. Right. I want to put seventh round rookie uh, expectations on him, which I think is fair. I think. Uh, he'd appreciate not having too high of a bar to clear. He'll be what, like eleven and one with wins against a bunch of playoff teams. Like, I don't know how you'd go back and a bunch of playoff wins. Uh, yeah, more importantly, yeah. <laughs> Trey Trey Lance doesn't fit here. He just doesn't. So I think it sounds like we have decided, at least, even if he's a, a system quarterback, the dreaded system quarterback, we can't do the meme with Brock Purdy. We hold up a picture of CJ Beathard, Nick mm-hmm. Mullins, and Brock Purdy, and say they're the same picture. No, it's the Jimmy Garoppolo's the, the meme. Yeah, it's true. they're the same and picture, it's, and it's him on a rookie contract. Yeah, that's, so that's actually kind of amazing. Really, man, that's a good point. He's better than Jimmy. There's no no doubt about it. Sorry, Jimmy. Uh, Crane, what is the Cowboys' offensive approach going to be against this elite 49ers defense? Right, just feel like it's all over the map. What you can expect and get from this Cowboys defense offense. Well, it's not that over the map, all over the map in terms of what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to run the ball. 
and they like to run the ball, and they will run the ball here. That's true. I miss, I mean, yeah, what they're forced to, it can be all over the map. You're right. They the, they the have, outcomes they have are all over a map. The yeah. strategy is strategies. no exact. We have like the coordinates down to like the millionth decimal place. We know where it yeah. is on Google Maps by eight <laughs> inches. Their game plan is written on stone tablets. They're they're not exactly altering it week to week. Uh, they're going to be running the ball here. Against they the best two- run defense in the league, even? I mean, it's the yes. best pass defense. They're like second in EPA against they're, the pass. They're definitely the best run defense. It gets a little more debatable if they're the best pass defense. They're in the mix. But they're like certainly the best run defense in the league, the 49ers. Yep. Cowboys don't care. <laughs> yeah. They're going to run <laughs> the ball. Cowboys 25th in pass rate over expected. Wow. They rank behind the Niners, who we think of as a, you know, got to establish a team. Nope. Cowboys more committed to the run than the 49ers. They rank behind the Ravens. They rank just ahead of the Saints. This team wants some of that is through the fact they had Cooper Rush, but they've been run first even with Dak. So I think they're they're not like, you know, the Bears, the Falcons, where they're just like run at all costs. But I would they're kind of a more extreme version of the Jaguars, where they're going to make sure they get their runs in. They're not going to abandon that, even if it's not going particularly well. And honestly, it might go okay because they have an explosive element with Tony Pollard. So I think they're going to be, you know balanced with the run run first in the balanced realm but but tilted to the run and uh overall i think this game environment might be kind of you know there'll be points but it's going to be like mid it's not yeah mid it's going to be mid thank you look at that the zoomer helping me out i I didn't know the word it's that is the exact word i was going for isn't it denny's kids have told him to stop using that word by the way oh man have they ever god and and along along with uh Oh man, there are so many words that my son uses that I try to use, and he's like, "Dad, please don't say that." Please, um, please never ever say them on the show. I, either. I, I do. I think that there's a faint chance. Just let me believe this. Let me let me go with this. I'll let you believe it. But... That the that the Cowboys the speech is free. As, as as Susan Collins would say, the Cowboys have learned their lesson. <laughs> and... No, what? <laughs> but she's always wrong. What do you mean? <laughs> And maybe they have. They were. They were. I bet you. I bet you guys didn't think Susan Collins would come. No, we did not. I also Uh, didn't think you would be aligned. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. So look, uh, the Cowboys were over their expected pass rate on first down against the Bucks. They they had a. I think they were minus. They were one percent under their expected pass rate overall. We're we're making progress. We're we're pushing toward a a, a more balanced approach here. Mm, I don't know. No, I don't know. We're not. We're it's not because thing. you go, Pat. Well, expected pass rate is you have to think about you know expected pass rate, and they had an expected pass rate of fifty seven percent. So you know they were like fifty seven percent. Yeah. Not run heavy enough. We got to go under that. So they're you know if it's all relative to what your expected pass rate is, and I think. The expected pass rate for both teams could be pretty low if this is kind of a grinded out back and forth game. So I don't think we're seeing a ton of passing passing attempts here. You mentioned the explosive element from Tony Pollard. Thank God they have that because Ian Harditz, former Roto World employee, friend of the show, points out on Ezekiel Elliott's last 40 carries, he has gained 74 yards. Oh my gosh. Um, So. Zeke seems to be uh, winding down a little bit here <laughs> down the stretch of the season. So they're going to really, really need Tony Pollard. Hey, season. I don't care. It doesn't matter how efficient he is. They're going to feed Zeke. You you <laughs> have to hear that for two years. Is that no longer true? He no has longer. to listen. Okay. He has to have 
15 two-yard gains before CeeDee Lamb can have a long reception. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> so, Ian, too. So, Zeke's last 40 carries, 74 yards. On Tony mm-hmm. Pollard's last 40 carries, 157 yards. Um, they might need to feature mm-hmm. Tony Pollard just a little bit more, especially against this elite, <laughs> elite 49 And, and Pollard, Pollard's not going to have much roster ship here because of the matchup. I just want to. He might. I feel like he might. Really? Man. I don't know. Maybe not. I kind of like that. I like that play. People believe in Pollard, though. No, he feels he feels like a gross play, is why I say. I mean, I mean, both. I mean, Zeke is the grossest play of all time. I, you know, I don't even think. Ooh, I so does that mean we actually need to play Zeke then? Uh, yeah, no, Zeke's full throw up. You don't want to actually throw up. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, eighteen carries, thirty eight yards, two touchdowns. It's, that's the price of doing business. A uh, little throw up, that's fine. It's the price of doing business. Oh gosh, Pat, please stop that. No, look, look, that, that. That's a perfectly viable line. By the, way. the thing you just said, what, yeah. 18 carries for 30 yards and two touchdowns? 38. That, 38, come on. That that could happen. 100% that could happen. Two touchdowns, sub 20 points is Zeke's probably his yeah. most likely outcome this week. That's yeah, the price of doing business. That's the price of doing business. Well, uh, so, yeah, just beyond the obvious, same question for this game who were the DFS plays? Who were like the X Factor guys, the T.Y. Hiltons, if you will? That you're excited to play in Cowboys 49ers. And who wants to go first? Don't be shy. Well, I, I was doing a lot of research and found out that uh, T.Y. Hilton led the team in air yards. I wanted to get that in. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's he was cool. actually, he was just this far behind Dalton Schultz, actually. <laughs> oh, was he really? Yeah, yeah. Schultz, Schultz led, but just oh, barely. The, narr- the narrative's crumbling. The T.Y. Hilton not- economy built He led the receivers. House, he led the receivers in air yards. Uh, also, uh, the. <laughs> um, Niners, just like the Eagles, the Niners get attacked via the slot way more than the boundaries. So that that means, I mean, you have CeeDee Lamb running like around, I guess, half his routes from the slot, which is, which should be increased here, but probably won't be. Um, and uh, Dalton Schultz, I think, is also a decent play, even though Niners have been good against tight ends. Does Eli Mitchell think we play Eli Mitchell? I feel like... He's he's getting used around the goal line. Why not? Yeah, that's the thing is I saw like uh, his expected fantasy points were like within two or three of McCaffrey's last week. Like he, like you said, he gets high leverage touches. So yeah, go for it. Might go through these games real quick and just say, I'm going to do sicko play. Would you rather Um, (laughs) Jermichael Hasty or Boston Scott? Jamichael Hasty or Boston Scott? Boston the Scott. giant killer? Yeah, I mean, I know. I know he's got narrative street on his favor, in his favor, but uh um, also the other choice is Jamichael Hasty. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but you're talking about how they, they gotta muck it up, they gotta slow the game down. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, Jawan Jennings or Isaiah McKenzie? Uh McKenzie. Jennings. Jennings? Okay. Je- Jennings is uh we saw a ton of uh, of, of deep looks and and just like the Cowboys, the Niners are not leaning so hard on the run game that you can't see some, you know, some sort of opportunity for a guy like Jennings. Elijah Mitchell or Boston Scott? Eli. Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell. Danny Dimes, the Dimesman Jones, or Trevor Lawrence? Trevor. Lawrence. Jones. Ooh, Denny is a giant. Denny, it's man. crazy. It's actually it's been crazy. wrong so many times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking my 13 Daniel Jones rushes and I'm leaving. That's that's, that's fair. <laughs> Dalton Schultz or Dallas Goddard? This is not a sicko play. This is just a, a philosophical. Uh, Goddard. Hmm. 
I, I think Goddard. Goddard too, yeah. Darius Slayton, Gabe Davis. Gabe, Gabe Davis. I don't even think Gabe's that good, and it's Gabe by a lot. <laughs> I was hoping none of you would say Darius Slayton. Please, it can't be Darius Redemption Slayton. arc for Darius Slayton. Got to redeem himself for that drop. that almost oh, cost him the game. That's bad. Devontae Smith or T. Higgins? Devontae Smith. Yeah, Devontae. Yeah. Oof. I think if we're all agreeing on this, though, in <laughs> you DFS, just did the truth do the opposite. Is it a full? <laughs> I'm surprised no one wanted to do Michael Hasty. I was assured you guys were truly sick people. Um, Ezekiel Elliott points. What do you What do you think the goal is here? Just right, to here throw up? That's here not. That's not the point. <laughs> this is a good one. Are we ending on a, a full vomit? Ezekiel Elliott or or Joe Mixon? Oh, Joe Mixon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just you just were touting Samaji Pirine. I don't know I mean, if salary uh, considered. You know, I don't. Joe Mixon's been pretty down low, like, Zeking. Like, oh yeah, year, let's be real. Yeah, that's true. I actually, I was, I was trying to find like some path to the ceiling for Mixon this week. I, there's none. There's just none. There is. I don't there. think Zeke has reached twenty fantasy points in a game ever. <laughs> what? Like I, uh, like. He doesn't have a game. He has two games with three catches and no more, so he's not getting any PPR points. Two two-touchdown games, both of which he combined for one catch, five yards in both of them, and 57 rushing yards plus 42. So those ones are 17 or 18 points, no 20s. There are no 20s on this. There are legitimately not a single one, and he has, uh, what, like 12 touchdowns or something? Yeah. Karain is claiming he's got to go, but he's got to answer one more question. Um, Tyler Boyd or Michael Gallup? Boyd. Yeah. Yeah, Boyd. All right. That's how we, that's how we got in. That's the only way we could ever possibly end the show was talking about <laughs> Tyler Boyd. Um, I am so. glad it was a little bit of a palate cleanser after the, the Z yeah. stuff. So. Yeah, it was a nice palate cleanser. I hope all your throats are okay after I'm, I'm fake, fine. Um, projectile I feel good, yeah. and dry heaving. Uh, what do we have going up on the site, Denny? Explain your article really quick. It's a must read. It really, yeah. I, I just trying not to sound sarcastic because it really is a must read. Just, thank you. It's just a top-down look at, at how at, um, how different game scripts could affect different players in these games. Uh, it's uh, really way too much, but uh, I enjoyed writing it. Kyle, do you have anything on the site? Sorry if the answer is no, and I'm just embarrassing you. A uh, coaching coaching tracker. But, I'll try uh, a coaching carousel. I unfortunately do not have anything on the site this week. I'm working on a longer article. I'm hoping to have out in a week or two. I know Mark Garcia has a DFS article up on the site. We will have a Divisional Round podcast recap on Sunday night with myself, Pat, and Kyle. So please listen to that. Keep it locked to the site. We're going to have updates right up until kickoff at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and then through the game's season-ending recaps for the limited eliminated players. So keep it locked to rotoworld.com. Keep listening to the podcast, which will be out Monday morning. For Denny, for Pat, for Kyle, I'm the other Pat. Thank you for listening. We'll be back later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem 
அவர் ஜீட்டு